This is Puck Here, New Zealand's hockey podcast, with your hosts Logan Swinkles and Joe Jury. Hey guys, welcome to Puck Here. I'm your host Logan Swinkles, and with me as always is my buddy with the bloody beautiful ginger beard, Joe Jury. Uh, on this week's show, where the Nashville Predators are the first team through to the Stanley Cup Finals, so we break down what happened with Anaheim and take a look at the greatest fancy stat around, game score. The NZIHL season starts this week, we'll preview week one and make our predictions for who will be the finalists, which worked out really well for me in the NHL. <laughs> team Sweden defeated Canada in the shootout to take home gold in the IIHF World Championship, so we look ahead at what's next for international ice hockey. There's no more roses. The Bachelor NZ is over. So we're going to forget that we're a semi-hockey podcast for a moment <laughs> and get a bit lost in the sequins and champagne and a bunch of babes. Mm, there are a few of those. Um, I hope our girlfriend's not listening for that, but uh, I'm looking forward to that. Uh, in our show, Blue, you know, it says where we talk about pop culture, but I feel like we don't actually make enough time and effort for that so it's happening this week we also got a bit of love for drake plus depressing music videos about buffalo but before all that and now we don't have time for a moment of the week because uh i've got something i need to get off my chest here joe so i'm just wondering your shirt um no i don't (laughs) think you would like that or would you i know i don't i don't think you would you you don't want to see me topless i don't exactly have a um, I've got a dad bod, so, you know, <laughs> it runs into the dad bods. Yeah. Anyway, sorry, I'm, ra- I'm railroading you. Yeah. Warm-up. Yeah. So, so do I go full six zero here? I think so. Okay. Listen up, New Zealand hockey. This one's for you. It's all well and good. Having Anatoly Korozov taking care of the live streaming, or Tom Tappan doing the fine job that he is managing the social media, in particular the new Instagram account. Follow it at NZIChild. But what they're really missing here is a communications slash media manager. Someone who can get the information out there and generate more news stories while providing excellent, exciting video content that'll make it more attractive for the NZIChild to be featured by said media. A few things here and there by the Targo Daily Times and Mountain Scene are great, but the Thunder and Stampede would be getting their coverage regardless because that's local media and they've been invested for a long time and they do a great job following the teams, but it's not enough. That's not growth. It's just the same thing year in and year out. Now, I still maintain that the NCHL actually has little idea of the amount of hours outside of, the ga- outside of game days that people like Jez Brown invested into the communication slash media side of the sport during the season. It's a whole different beast to coaching or managing a team, especially if you want the league to grow its exposure. Right now, I get the impression that TV media has no clue that the NCHL season starts this week. This week. That might be wishful thinking, having someone like that in a paid position for the league, but I think if they got their act together and started attracting meaningful sponsors, it's possible to build a team. Bear in mind, this all stems from my observations over the last while. I'm not looking to call out anyone in particular, but take what I'm about to say into consideration because at the end of the day, we all want the same thing, to grow hockey in New Zealand. It's an awesome sport. 
In the interest of fairness, though, I will preface what I'm about to say by mentioning that I felt the same way about Jez Brown and everything he did with Slapshot Productions. The irony in all of this uh, is Jez basically was the NZ Archives communication slash media manager. It's an important role that shouldn't be forgotten about. I am, of course, here speaking to the management core of the NZ IHF and NZ IHL. The problem I have with New Zealand ice hockey is that everyone is stretched so thin and I feel like it's only going to get worse. Someone might have a role with NZHF, then they might have something else with NZHL while also volunteering their time at the junior levels of the game because obviously that's very important. On top of all of that, they've got a day job and a family to take care of. Now, that might be part of the course due to the niche, niche nature of the sport and maybe I'm just a dreamer here, but I hope it's not always going to be like that. By getting stretched so thin, matters get forgotten about, things slip through the cracks, and really, it's the same situation for any workplace environment that is short-staffed. Yes, this is an amateur league, but perhaps one day it could be a pro league, and I feel like that is how it should be approached. There is only so much a person that can do in 24 hours without crashing, until we get to that point where ice hockey in New Zealand is funded one way or another, we need to learn how to delegate better, delegate better, bring more people in who are just as passionate about this game as those who are currently running themselves ragged. You don't have to do it all on your own here, guys. Now I'll wrap this up by saying this, what you have done for the sport in New Zealand for so many years, I can't thank you enough for all that service, but I'm urging you to open your doors instead of sticking within your well-established group of dedicated hockey minds, open yourselves up to the new blood out there. I think you might just find some great people who can help you in your mission to grow this great game of hockey. There's me going full six zero. <laughs> well said. Uh, yeah, we're very well said. I think you uh, touched on a whole whole bunch of points that everyone within the community, um, as we try and get this season underway this year, is trying to is feeling, and um, we all just want the game to grow. Exactly. Yeah. That's 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 the whole reason why we started this podcast. I'm not looking. We know we're not looking to, you know, call people out and say, "Hey, you're shit." That's not what I'm saying here. I'm saying there is obviously there's been people that have been around for quite a while and doing an amazing job, but um, obviously from the product of them growing the game, they've attracted new people. But I feel like they're not bringing these new people in. And uh, I feel like that's all I need to do. It's let's just you know, we we all want the same thing. Let's build like this, like an all star team, and you know, we'll uh, I think we'll do an awesome job, everyone, of promoting this game, getting more people interested along to the game, selling the games out uh, for the NZHL season, seeing it on um, TV or featured on like online media more, not just stuff. Um, or the occasional radio hierarchy post. <laughs> occasional. <laughs> the occasional one. When I when I can slip one through. Obviously, News Hub um, won't be doing shit because I'll be leaving. <laughs> you never know. Maybe they'll just completely ramp up their hockey coverage as soon as you leave. Yeah, some somehow I <laughs> doubt that. <laughs> uh, I was at a Living Drinks um, for a very dear colleague on Friday night. Sean Summerfield left... Uh, News Hub after 17 amazing years, and um, I had a chat with uh, one of the one of the bosses there, and they're like, "Oh, maybe uh, you can get crowd goes wild to uh, you know show some hockey." And I was like, 
you know, they've been doing that all playoffs, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it's um, like it's a. I mean, ostriches with their heads in the sand a little bit. Yeah, and like I, we know that this is this being New Zealand. Um, <laughs> we kind of picked the hard sport, right, to promote. <laughs> it's why not, didn't we just start a rugby podcast? I, I feel like would be the number one. <laughs> it would be would be like the number one sports podcast in New Zealand, just like that, because we yeah. talk about an oval ball and um, big men chasing it rather than a frozen puck. But, um, yeah, fuck, you know, let's just, it's, we, we're all on the same thing of trying to grow the game here in New Zealand. Um, and I don't want, uh, I don't want to be getting emails from the, like NZHF, NZHL management saying what I said is unfair. Those are just my observations and I could be wrong, but I feel like I've, I've been around long enough to know what I see and I just basically laid it all out to you there um anyway fuck it let's let's move on to the NHL shall we yeah from yeah let's go to an even more depressing thing oh I'm sorry Joe <laughs> um as as anyone that sees our promo photos will will see um Joe is an Anaheim Ducks fan yeah, um, few thoughts on this. If they couldn't win two games where Nashville had their two top centers out, they didn't win. They didn't deserve to win the series. Yeah. So game five and six with no Ron Johansson and no Mike Fisher, um, they couldn't win on home ice. And then, well, the game six was a Jonathan Bernier special. But um, <laughs> yeah, if you can't win the, if you can't win without a team's against a team with no two top line centers you don't deserve to win so let's just talk about how much we love jonathan bernier <laughs> i saw a great tweet it was like is max patch playing for the uh, for the predators by the way he gave up those terrible goals at the start of the game <laughs> yeah the that was shades of the 2014 uh, toronto maple leafs there also coached by randy carlisle yeah well it was a it was a it was a strangely un-Randy game. They outshot Nashville like 40 to 20. Um, really dominated the whole game. And just every time there was a... It's one of those... I played in these games where you dominate another team and then they get one chance that comes back down your end and a goal from like... A shot from the corner goes in and you're just like... You couldn't have just made a save there. <laughs> yeah, you you need your goalie to step up there. Um, I I felt bad for Bernier. I've kind of always I've always been on Team Bernier, um, and that was his first uh, NHL playoff start and, and his last. Yeah, that did not go well, eh? <laughs> I'm kind of surprised um, they didn't pull in uh, Jonas Enroth. <laughs> Probably would have been a better way, better way to go. Um, but yeah, I think it's storylines for the NHL having Nashville in the finals and that town, which is just absolutely ridiculous. Holy shit! Okay, so after yesterday's game, I've decided I gotta go to Nashville to watch a game. Mm. Um, it looks next level, just like I'm huge university party town basically well how loud was it like the just if you haven't seen the game 
um, just watch the highlights or watch the full game. Um, even just that first period, watch that first five minutes where the Predators um, light up Jonathan Bernier and the crowd just get so stuck into him. And it's amazing. Like the, the commentators, like the CBC commentators are getting drowned out by the crowd. Um, apparently they were giving the team standing ovations during like full standing ovations during the TV timeouts. As soon as wow. we did our breaks, they would just all stand up, which is kind of like a soccer crowd. It's not like a typical hockey crowd, I guess. Well, I guess you it's know, definitely not a New Zealand rugby crowd. <laughs> I guess being, you know, not your typical hockey market. Now people probably thought, uh, when the Predators, um, expanded into the NHL that, you know, well, that might be a bit of a risk, you know, you know, a Southern state, could they really get into hockey? You know, look what happened to the Atlanta thrashes kind of thing. You know, they disappeared. Um, but Nashville have gone all in, man. And the thing that I really like is that the predators, um, they, they, they know what their identity is as, you know, people from Tennessee, Cat, catfish chucking, country singing, yeah, hoedowners. Exactly. So they bring in like all the, because um, uh, Nashville is music city, right? So they bring in like all these country stars and, you know, to sing the anthem and, you know, they bring out the nation's colors and everything. It's huge. Like they get so into it. It's really awesome uh, to see. Uh, but yeah, I, just, I think that experiment has definitely paid off. Um Shout outs to uh, Mark Bergevin <laughs> for um, giving them PK Subban. And he sent a tweet out as well. I oh, know. No, he didn't actually. It was just getting retweeted over and over again. The, the tweet from Mark Bergevin saying, I'd like to wish PK Subban all the best in Nashville. That was just getting quote tweeted like a storm yesterday. Yeah, I saw. I think about it being James Myrtle from The Athletic said, um, Did he. It was like, Do you wish him all the best? <laughs> <laughs> Because <laughs> probably not, right? <laughs> yeah, take that, take that cup back to Montreal and just throw it down on Mark Bergeron's desk in the Bell Center. <laughs> That'd be so good. Um, now, I think what you talked about, uh, I think it was last week's episode um, where we did the predictions, and of course, I am completely wrong about the Pens and Sin series, but I was at least right about the uh, Preds Duck series. Yes, you were. <laughs> to my chagrin. Sorry, buddy. Uh, so, are we all, are we, okay, let's say um, the Penguins knock out the Senators today. Please. In game I can't, six. I can't have, I can't have um, my mum and dad having sex on the ice getting through to. Um, <laughs> no, I want to get to that. I want to get to that. to the finals. Um, because that was a fucking amazing headline. But let's say the Penguins get through. Now, even though I've been like a Penguins fan um, from childhood and then you know the Maple Leafs adopted me when I from living there um, I'm like you I'm full team PK just I'm I'm here for the storyline I want to see PK Subban just have the absolutely best fucking time of his life lifting up that cup and he will too he he you see when he like when they won the game he was basically um, he almost fell over the boards to try and get on the ice. <laughs> so good. He's, um, yeah, it'll be very exciting that, uh, I guess they'll have, Penguins will have home ice. So, cause I think Nashville's the first ever 16th seed team to go to the finals. 
I believe so. Yes. Um, I saw that tweeted around and then I saw, was it Pete Blackburn was arguing on Twitter that there is no 16th seed anymore? No, there's, there's not. So it was a, it was a stupid stat that goes around. Um, but yeah, they would have, if they were in the East, they wouldn't have even made the playoffs. They had less points or same points as Tampa and the Islanders. Wow. I couldn't imagine the um, playoffs without the Preds at the no, moment. I mean, exactly. it's been such an awesome run and, you know, such an awesome series to watch. Um, I'm, I, I, while watching game six, I, in the um, first intermission, the commentators um, were talking a lot about, you know, Randy Carlisle, he'll be telling his team to trust the process. Well, I've um, heard that quite a lot recently with the uh, New Zealand Warriors. Now, how the th- how do you think that's worked out for them? Not very well at all. And obviously, it did not work out for the Ducks as well. So, fuck the process. <laughs> Whatever the process is. It's not working. It's not working. Um, now, do you think you think Randy Carlisle stays? I think so. It was a, like, he got them to a conference final. I guess that's a few injuries. Um they won a division. I mean, you can't maybe next year if they flame out again in the playoffs, you get rid of him. Mm. I don't think he's there for a long time. It'd be just like a good a, time. <laughs> always a good time with Randy. <laughs> uh, so I think it'd be like a two, three year window. And then they'll um, possibly Dallas Aikens from the Gulls will come up and become the coach. Oh, the accountant. Mm. Yeah. My girlfriend, Sarah, always thought he looked like. Um, didn't look like a hockey coach. He just looked like a like a nerd. Great hitter here. He had a great hitter here. <laughs> didn't he used to coach the Toronto Marlies? Yeah, he was the Marlies coach and then he went to the Oilers. Yeah, that's right. And then got fired. <laughs> uh, you got to think, um, for all the you know coaches gone recently with the Oilers, could you imagine how they feel now? They're like, I could have been coaching McDavid. <laughs> well, you got to feel for old... Um, Craig McTavish, who had all those shitter teams, all those shitter first overall picks and did nothing and then got the Hail Mary of Connor McDavid and thought, oh, yes, this is it. Finally. And then he got gas for Peter Shirelli to come in. <laughs> Look, I really like Peter Shirelli, so <laughs> I thought that was awesome. Um, now, just to finish breaking down um, what happened with the Ducks, one thing I noticed was that Nashville's forecheck was basically choking Anaheim. Uh, you know, they would clog up the neutral zone uh, so that they couldn't carry the puck in effectively. But so what's your next step there? You dump it in. But if you do that, you've got Pekka Rene, who's one of the best puck handling goalies in the league. He's he's there to sweep it up and, um, you know, get the play back up the other end. So having a goalie like that uh, who can play the puck with confident, plays confidence. The, plays the puck in the uh, trapezoid as well. Yeah, fuck, he got away with that one, eh? <laughs> uh, it's just so crucial these days to have a puck playing goalie. Um, and, of course... I think just from the get-go, Anaheim just fucking imploded. Like, what was Richie thinking? Yeah, that, <laughs> yeah, that was a classic, massive uh, meathead maneuver. I think Anaheim are lucky that Nashville didn't bury them in the ensuing um, five-minute power play. Yeah, nothing kind of um, ruins your momentum like a five-minute power play. Mm. Which, of course, like Anaheim, Anaheim basic, aside from, you know, a shit first two minutes, um, they dominated that first period but then they couldn't really get it going i mean how could you with that crowd it was just insane i like that um 
I guess I like the Andre Kasher. He, he, I think he's quite a good little player. Um, I guess they rode their luck the whole playoffs. Like they, those those calls against Edmonton that they got, and then there was the the goal against Calgary to tie it to send it to overtime when they came back from down three. It was bound to their luck was bound to turn. So it was kind of I don't think it would have been fair if they'd gone to the finals and won the Stanley Cup. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm interested, interested to see now with Anaheim. Uh, I feel like, well, their window is closing drastically. Um, I don't I don't know about that. They're, the key for them is their, their young defenseman that they've got. I mean, Getzlaff and Perry are going to be there forever and Kessler as well. So you think the, they'll, they'll go to their, like, 40? Probably. <laughs> well, they need to... They need to somehow figure out how a way to get rid of Kevin Bieksa so they don't have to protect him in the in the uh, expansion drafts, and then they can keep all of their young kids on defense. That's the that's the main thing. Why don't they just uh, sit there and hope that Vegas are dumb and pick Bieksa over someone worth getting? George McPhee did trade Philip Forsberg, so there is a high possibility. <laughs> I mean, surely there's a lot of people there, and we've talked before um, about the team that they have there. There's probably a lot of people uh, behind George McPhee trying to prevent such things happening again. Um, so I wouldn't see it happening, but yeah, <laughs> Kevin Bieksa, yeah, he he probably needs to go. He definitely needs to go. Yeah. <laughs> no, All no. right, the ducks are dead. Let's yeah, let's move on. Duck, ducks are dead. Um, it's like game of duck hunt. The duck is holding them up. I mean, the dog is holding them up. Sorry, uh, obscure nineties gaming reference. Um, yeah. So the Ottawa Senators are worse than watching your parents have sex. Great headline by Vice Sports. Fucking amazing headline. Um, now compared to the Anaheim National Series, how boring has this one been? If you take out the 7-0 blowout. It's been an absolute shitter. Like, it's chalk and cheese, really, watching those two series. And if only the Anaheim one could have gone 7. And then this sends pens rhyming boredom. Um, I've actually found that I, um, I, I was listening to the Steve Dangle podcast and they're like, oh, this series really rolls off your tongue. I was like, I guess maybe for a pro radio guy like Adam Wilde, but for me, I actually find it quite hard to say pins and sins. Sins, pins, pins yeah. and sins. Yeah. Um, it's been a bore fest. Guy Boucher, I just... If Eric Carlson wasn't on that team, they would be easily the boringest team in the history of the NHL, apart from like the devils of the 90s. <laughs> Or well, the Devils now. Oh, <laughs> they, yeah, true. The Devils now play pretty boring hockey. Um, now a lot of a lot has been made in the media recently of the Senators playing the one three one neutral zone trap. But we actually, you know, we have a few uh, listeners to this podcast who aren't. You know, we've got a good mix. We've got really diehard hockey fans, and we've got the kind of like not a fear weather isn't the right uh, term to describe them, but you know, they're just kind of a bit more casual hockey fans. Um, now for those listening and may not know what that is, could you explain the one, three, one Joe? Well, basically normally you'd you know, have been, being the BHL uh, all-star defenseman that you <laughs> on the bench. Um, basically normal. So when the team breaking the puck out, has it behind their net, normally you'd have kind of your two of your forwards, 
creating pressure to push, uh, make the make the defenseman make a play to the boards and come out. So you're kind of pushing them out and then up to the side, I guess, and then where your centre comes across to take off the winger and then making them dump it in and then your two defensemen go back and get it. The one through one is kind of the the one lone four-checker just sits in front of the net waiting for the defenseman behind the net to make a play. He doesn't force a play. He waits for them to try and make a play. And wherever they go on each side, they've got the three... They've got the uh, other two forwards and one defenseman parked up right in through the neutral zone. So those wingers coming up or center have no where to go. They're immediately met with a whole big wall of defense. Uh, so then they have to dump it in again. And by that time, that one defenseman sitting back is just there to uh, get a quick transition up to your three players going back on on offense. But the the problem is that it can just end up in a big bore fest of puck getting broken up, getting dumped back into the um, as the senators try to turn the transition around, the puck getting dumped back into, uh, say, the penguin zone, and then the one three one sets up again, and then they try and break it out, it breaks down, the puck gets dumped in back again, and it's just some of the most boringest and um, unexciting hockey, because there's, no, there's not even any checking really, it's just a dump and chase over and over and over again. Now, if that ex- no offense, now if that ex- explanation didn't boy didn't bore you, congratulations. <laughs> if it did, well, that's the one three one trap for you. Um, now, even though the Senators dominated Game Three, they got the ass handed to them in Game Five. Um, have you heard about this? Uh, I don't I don't know how new it is, but have you heard of Game Score before? No. So it's uh, I guess we'd call it a f- hashtag fancy stat. Um, it's originally a baseball stat and then someone, uh, a huge base, uh, basketball nut was like, Oh, I'm going to reappropriate that for basketball. So now the NBA have, have that stat. And then someone decided to do the same for the NHL. Um, basically what it is, is a measure of how well someone played in a single game. Um, how, what their productivity was like how effective were they on the ice right um and so you have a ranking system um obviously like you know a lot of a lot of numbers and everything is this is that is this what they're doing on the athletic yes right okay. yeah the, the athletic are huge on it um so the guy to follow here who does all the charts um I am going to absolutely screw up his name. Dom Lecision? Uh, Dom Lecision? Thank you. Yep. I don't think it's pronounced Lecision, but it looks like Lecision. So everyone just says Lecision. So we'll, um, because I absolutely fucked up that name and Joe made it a sound, sound a lot better, even if he got it wrong. Who who knows? Um, <laughs> we will we'll tweet out his, um, his uh, one of his, next game score sheet so you can see what it's all about and um, you should give him a follow because he's a he's quite an interesting hockey mind to follow i think now so the whole thing with game score sheets is what they show is um it ranks a player's game on a scale of awful to bad to fine to good to great and and it's all color-coded and looks really pretty now the one thing that i took comfort in the game three where the penguins got lit up by the senators and the senators learned to play attacking 
hockey. No. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he, uh, he, he brought out the, um, the game score sheet for that one. And despite the fact that the uh, Penguins got dominated, who was one of the worst players? Dion Phaneuf. That's not a surprise. Yeah. So at least that made me feel a lot better about that game. <laughs> and of course, uh, typically on any given night, really, you'll see... Um, I'm, tr- I'm scrolling through his Twitter and I'm trying to find uh, his game three sheet. There really interesting now also he's been updating like the probability of who wins the stanley cup and so as each game goes on as each team gets dropped off you know he updates it and i've been finding that really interesting okay i found game three so the top player was mike mathot which is that's good with a uh, game score of 2.44 now that is really really high um so the things that obviously that are taken into account into account here uh with a game score is time time on ice um, the, the points production, shots on goal, blocks. It also accounts for like the Corsi plus minus as well as the, the uh, traditional plus minus um, and penalty difference. So whether they were, you know, gave away a penalty or, you know, forced a penalty um, and face-offs if they take face-offs. Um, and then so in that blowout where the Sens won, uh, kind of wanting, what was the score one? 5-1. Five, 5-1. Five, one. One. Jesus. Um of course, Mike Andre Fleury was the worst player, followed by Nick Benino and Jake Gensel. Jake Gensel had a bad game. Who knew? I thought that was impossible. Um, Dion Phaneuf was the absolute worst with a minus zero point two eight. <laughs> you don't want to be in the minus. That is that is in the awful territory. Um, so yeah, we will we'll tweet out um, his account. He will wonder who the fuck this is. But hey, um, Dom. Lecision. Dom Lecision. There used to be an NHL player named Curtis Lecision. Mm. I think, um, so just say it Lecision. Yeah. Um, I mean, if you say it fast enough, it sounds like you're saying it right. Um, I think it's a great way of measuring games and, you know, just as a single game. And uh, yeah, I just find it really interesting as a way to see, oh, you know, if you thought someone had a good game or a bad game, now you've got something that can back it up. Quantifiable number. Exactly. Which is what um, advanced stats are all about. Exactly. <laughs> uh, one, okay, one thing, uh, one more thing about the scenes. Um, actually, two more things really quickly. Uh, so Guy Boucher said uh, to the media the other day, now talking about the Penguins here, we know they're a better team. Everyone on the planet knows that. I'm sick of this fucking shit. Of him saying every single time, uh, you know, we're the underdog, we're the underdog, we're like you're trying to play out the undercard status for yourself. Exactly. Yeah. If you were trying, if you were playing, I don't know the uh, Lacastors from the BHL, you'd probably still say you're the underdog. <laughs> yeah, it's just. A, it's Do you a, think the Lacastors would beat the sense? Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> God. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just, it's a cliche coach maneuver and just have a, I'd love a coach to come out one time and just go, I mean, it's never going to happen because the, it's all bulletin, bulletin board material, but whatever, um, just come out and say, we're the better team and we're going to win this series and we're, we're backing ourselves. Yeah. I don't think that's how they work now. Also, by the time that you, um, have heard this podcast game six would have happened and either the, 
sins have saved it and they're stretched out to a game seven, which will ultimately see them being destroyed in Pittsburgh or the Penguins kill them and uh, they go through and face Nashville. Now, because there was a blowout and typically you find this uh, quite often in hockey now is when there is a blowout, the game that the team that got lit up comes back in the next game um, fired up. Do you think that happens this time around or do you think they're out? I think they're out. I think this is going to be, it's, it's over. It's over for the senators. Now, the one thing I found interesting, um, uh, browsing through sportsnet.ca this morning while waking up, <laughs> was there is a quote there from the Ottawa senators, um, owner, Eugene Melnick, Eugene Melnick, the name slipped my mind for a second there. CSI Eugene <laughs> Melnick. Um, Ottawa haven't sold out game six. And he said that's very disturbing. But they're a Canadian market. How do they not sell out? <laughs> because they're in a shit spot. They're not even in Ottawa. Like, fucking fix that for starters. Like, who wants to take a 20-minute ride, um, you know, on a congested motorway to go to a game? Oh, wait, that sounds like Auckland. Yeah, hmm. it does sound very much oh, like maybe Auckland. that's why no one goes to Auckland Blues games. Exactly. And... Because the stadium, yeah, like the stadium's in a shit place. Put it downtown. Get it underground. Get it under the water. Oh, like God. they were talking about. Let's not even <laughs> go there. Fuck. Um, yeah. So, sends. Well, we're already going to pre-write your obituary here. So, um, it was nice knowing you. Uh, going international here. Team Sweden uh, won the gold medal at the WHF World Champs Those against Canada. Beautiful was, Swedes. It was Nylander versus Mana. Can you just imagine? Um, Mike Babcock just uh, in, in, the, the, in the stands, in the oh just God. going, oh. Huge grin on his face, eh? Those are, those are my boys. Those are my good, boys. Those pretty good boys out there. <laughs> Great humans. <laughs> now, the and one. Manu, um, Nylander was the MVP of the whole time. Yeah. Uh, actually, I just, I want to give Nylander a whole lot of love right now. So when, when Henrik Lundqvist, now, so this was decided by shootout. Um, now the way it worked with the WHF world champs was they went to, um, a full period of overtime, five on five overtime. Uh, they couldn't get a winner there. So it was decided in a shootout. Um, yeah, I'm not really a fan of shootouts deciding world champs, but Hey, that happens like the soccer world cup as well. Right. You know, you, you got to end the game somehow. At least, a, at least a hockey shootout is a little bit more exciting than a soccer shootout where yeah. they just stand that's, there and kick that's just rolling the dice really there's no I don't find there's much skill involved there um, it's all about luck um, but when when Henrik Lundqvist made that save and he does his usual like I am the king uh, celebration oh Willie Nylander comes skating out and tackles him like jumps and tackles hugs him down onto the ice and almost killed him <laughs> if you're the Rangers watching that you'd be like get off a goalie Get off. Are you trying to... Maybe it's a great play by Nylander to knock out an Eastern <laughs> Conference rival goalie before next season. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe uh, uh, Babcock was like, now when you win, when you win, you're going to go out there and you're going to you're gonna smash their goalie. You're going <laughs> to smash that Hank. He's like, okay, Mac, I'll do that for you. Um, uh, another thing I saw, there's a really... I'm going to tweet it later. I saw it um, last night. It's a lovely photo of Mana and Nylander hugging each other on, in the uh, handshake line. I thought it was a cute moment. And um, yeah, the fact that... I love that Team Sweden winning gold and they they were wearing gold like Viking helmets. Mm. Just, oh, 
like Sweden, they're kind of like I, they're a country I can get behind. Did you see that picture of um, Gabe Landeskog, who's had a shitter of a year with the Avalanche? Mm. After he won, he just went full gear into the hot tub. I mean, could you not blame him? <laughs> I think he needed that. He really needed that. Um, speaking of the Avalanche, uh, so Nathan McKinnon uh, was playing with Mana with Team Canada. And oh, Nathan McKinnon quite likes playing with Mitch Marner and thinks he could, you know, maybe convince him to leave Toronto and go to the Colorado Avalanche. Yeah, good job. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> um, yeah, that I don't think the Shanahan would even... I mean, who's the GM of the Avalanche now? Joe Sackick? I think he just... Get the hell out of here. Hall of Famer Joe Sackick. Yeah. Well, they had, they had a few battles when they were playing Colorado versus Detroit, so I don't think they're the best of friends. No. <laughs> no, I don't think so either. Um, yeah. <laughs> I, I do appreciate one Nate McKinnon had to say about Mana saying, you know, he's going to be a great playmaker for a long time. And it's true because that kid can really pass the puck. But sorry, buddy. You are not stealing Mitchie Mana from toronto it's just not happening and the only way it would happen is if you um, come to toronto you, you come to toronto <laughs> or uh, colorado also trades for um matt martin <laughs> yeah yeah maybe, maybe mitch martin and matt martin are, are a package deal now sorry guys <laughs> it's just the way it is even if you don't want matt martin um i'm sure there's some people in uh maybe lease nation slash maybe lease management that don't want matt martin but it, it's a package deal now guys it's just, it's the way it goes. Big brother, little brother. Uh, now looking ahead to uh, international ice hockey, like what's next? I saw, I don't know if this is old news or not, but it popped up on um, the Olympics Twitter, like um, the Olympic channel. Um, you know, they've got their own, the Olympics have their own like sports channel now. It's pretty cool. Um, dear friend, uh, Ashley Tullock left News Hub to go work there. And um, I was so jealous. Um, they posted this video talking about how, uh, the progress is going in, um, Korea for, uh, the winter Olympics, right. All going to schedule all looking well. And the chief is still hoping, um, that the NHL stars will show up. They're not, they're not going to come. Yeah. <laughs> they're not going to come. They're Sorry, Now also, um, quickly, you know, we've been, uh, people have said, well, you know, Alex Ovechkin has said, I'm going no matter what. But now, um, <laughs> Russia are under threat of being banned from the Winter Olympics. So, <laughs> why for drugging? Yeah, same same thing, same thing as uh, everything else. It's all about that, and um, yeah, I mean that would suck if because of those those idiots that uh, Alex Ovechkin didn't get to represent his country. I I would um, if I was him. Uh, <laughs> I'd be an angry Russian. <laughs> he's already he's already pretty angry. Yeah, he's already pretty angry. Now I saw just quickly the WHF announced the locations um, for the 2018 tournaments for the New Zealand teams. So next year the Ice Blacks are going to be playing in Madrid. And uh, that's going to be lovely. Perhaps the Ice Blacks would like to um, bring us. Yeah, yeah. We could go to Madrid and do uh, reports. Speaking of... Podcasts via on location. <laughs> Speaking of Madrid, that's actually where Ashley Tullock is based now. So perhaps we could get the Olympic Channel to do some things on the Ice Blacks while we're there. 
It's all since becoming together. I know. Slash us. They can do promo on us and, you know, we can become um, an even bigger podcast than Steve Dangle because, you know, that'll happen someday. We're coming for you, Steve. <laughs> yeah. Um, the other 20s are going to be playing in Bulgaria uh, in January. Uh, the under 18s mm. are going to be in Queenstown. Queenstown get a tournament. I think that is so awesome. Now, there's always been, because Queenstown is a smaller rink, um, it, people have this mis- misconception that um, they can't hop, they can't host international tournaments. We've mentioned it previously on this podcast, talking about it. And uh, when I was down in Queenstown in April for my birthday slash uh, anniversary with my girlfriend, um, I was hanging out a bit with. Uh, Dan, who runs the Queenstown Ice Arena with his brother, Ted. And Dan was like, no, you know, I got to pick a bone with you guys. Like, I love the podcast, but there's just something wrong, like, that you keep saying and about about this uh, rink and that we can't host. So they actually are, they meet the minimum requirements of the WHF for ice size. Oh, that's good. Yeah. So obviously, um, the another under- week of people calling us out for the wrong things that we said. <laughs> <laughs> hey. It, well, you're not a legit podcast if that doesn't happen. Exactly. Um, so the I think the under 18s are kind of being treated as like a like a test case, and I think they'll absolutely kill it. Uh, Queenstown will they will know how to host a hockey tournament. Mm, the games will be on at night. It'll be a cool. feature thing in the in the feature uh, event in the yeah. town. Yeah, it'll be a great, great atmosphere. Um, that's coming. That's coming up in March next year. So a long time away. But hey, I'll, I would definitely love to come down for that. Now the Ice Ferns are going to be also traveling to Spain, um, but to Valdemoro. That sounds exotic. Um, that's in March next year as well. So uh, that's that's what's coming up for international ice hockey. Um, forgetting about being a hockey podcast for a while, the Bachelor's over. I have a real love-hate relationship with this. I started off all about it, and then I went away for four weeks and didn't see any of it. Yeah. And then came back, and it was all ending, and I had no idea who these intruder girls were and all this kind of shit, and <laughs> just kind of completely switched off from it. So, But I saw a little bit of the women tell all finale thing which had <laughs> god as, they're always awful like the crowd the audience and that is so feral and as you mentioned before the podcast the audio was shockingly terrible mm-hmm. sounded like they were recording they were using like one room mic to record all the audio on the stage rather than having like lapel mics um but there was yeah it was just weird like um I I have a mate at work who's now completely in love with Lily, who is now going to... Oh, dude. Um, dude. <laughs> he is now pursuing her completely. They're trying to find her on Tinder. <laughs> he's got her number somehow. He got, uh, he got a Snapchat with her number in it, so he's now um, he's now going after her. He's a bit of a uh, skater and surf. He's a hockey fan, actually, as well, um, from Mochuweka. So good luck to Scotty and his pursuit of Lily. <laughs> I think you two would make a great couple. Oh, that's cute. I can imagine um, after this season of The Bachelor, I think a lot of people, a lot of guys, maybe a lot of girls too, um, would be pursuing Lily because it was kind of ambiguous about what her like sexual orientation was. But um, yeah, she was my absolute favorite. I I mean, obviously we all know Vianney one, the home who comes from my hometown, comes from Tauranga. And the home visits were awesome because there were all these awesome drone shots of my hometown. And it just looks so good. And it made me feel homesick. And I was like, man, 
yeah, I really got to go back home. <laughs> um, if you've never been to like Tauranga and Mount Maunganui, um, if you're in New Zealand or when you visit New Zealand, go there. Awesome place. It is a great place. It is. Um, make sure you wear sunscreen. Yeah. Actually, stay away from the Tauranga like downtown part because that's kind of depressing. Stick to the mountain. Yeah. The mount's where it's at. Uh, so who did you want to win? Did you want Vianney I, to win? Or? No, I wanted Lily to win, but I knew Vianney was going to be the safe bet. Um, the one thing I want to pick out here in the woman tell all is that, um, Taylor, uh, who was the one who, despite the fact that the show was sponsored by Colgate optic white, which is marketing about, um, getting super white teeth and having a really great, pretty smile. She had super yellow teeth. <laughs> now I can imagine the brand manager for that show just being like, Oh God, can you please just use the product? Um, now, during the show, you know, she uh, had a couple of asides with uh, Zach, the bachelor. Just being like, look, my brother's wedding is coming up. If you don't think you're into me, can you just like see me home? Blah, blah, blah. And then he didn't. But then I think the week later, he seen her home. and Ruthless. And so she missed uh, her brother's wedding. And so she brought that up again um, in the towel. Now, you know how last year in the towel, I don't know if you saw it, but there was Naz who was kind of like the, um, the one that everyone loved to hate. Oh, she went full meltdown. Yeah. So she was having a go at the audience. Now this time around, I think Taylor thought I'm going to be that girl. And so people were yelling out things and she's like, what's that? What's that? Oh, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, and just going on about, you know, yeah. So I just want to bring up uh, my brother's wedding again. Um, God, did you love your brother? Did you want to marry your brother? <laughs> it almost seems that way. Uh, I tweeted, if missing your brother's wedding was that big of a deal, why did you even fucking audition for The Bachelor in the first place? Just fuck off. She wanted to get on TV. Yeah. I mean, I think for a lot of them, that's, that's all it's about is raising their profile so they can get some you know followers on social media. Uh, others have more genuine... Um, reasons for being there and of course uh, the whole process kind of weeds the the, the disingenuous ones out um so I'm, I'm i'm glad for viani um you know they look like a really cute couple and everything i just i hope lily is absolutely tearing it up now <laughs> and good luck to you buddy <laughs> <laughs> yeah come on scotty he can do it uh well, keeping on this whole thing of pop culture, um, the Billboard Music Awards with um, oh my god, I completely fucked that up. The Billboard Music Awards were the other day, and um, old Drake, old Toronto Six God Drake, absolutely destroyed it. Um, taking away uh, Adele's rec- breaking Adele's record for the most wins in a single. Um, award, you know, single year. Uh, he had 22 nominations, came away with 13 awards, including top artist. How many, how are there even that many awards? Well, I think same as anything, same as like the Oscars, um, or the Grammys, a lot, most of them aren't televised. Right. Um, the bulk of them aren't televised. And uh, most of the awards that I think Drake won weren't on the televised, uh, broadcast. I think two of them were, um, I was the, the main one being top artist. I think maybe you should read out this awesome quote from his acceptance speech. It's a hell of a speech. Uh, he said, life is like toilet paper. Either you're on a roll or you're taking shit from assholes. Just wow. <laughs> that is one hell of a acceptance speech. 
Also, well put. Mm, thank great you. metaphor. Great metaphor. Yeah, I know. Um, now I wonder how many people are going to get that tattooed. <laughs> and also fuck it up as well and get it missed. Yeah, like no regrets. <laughs> now imagine uh, going way back in the days of like MSN, MSN Messenger. Imagine how many people would now have that as their status. Oh, I remember when they, people would have those punishing things as their status. You know you're one of them. I know. I Yeah, of course I was. I used to always have like Blink-182 lyrics. Yeah. I, I think I had like always like Deftones or Linkin Park lyrics. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, there was girls that would have like roses and things and... God. Oh man, that's that's taking it back. That's making me feel old. Get off the get off the internet. I need to use the phone. But I'm on Messenger. <laughs> you're like, um, you'd come home from school and jump straight on and talk to everyone, talk to your the, girlfriend that you just talked to at school for the entire day. Yeah. Then you get, but it was easier on Messenger. I felt like I could, um, I had time to come up with great, great little witty lines. And now yep. you're a very witty, clever person. Uh, I don't, I don't think so. <laughs> Um, but yeah, it was you know, messenger shit. There was a, fuck, there was a blast from the past. Uh, one more, um, pop culture thing, you know, to keep up with the appearance that we do actually talk about pop culture. Uh, every time I die, um, probably one of the better things to come out of Buffalo, New York in a long, long time. Um, if you never heard of them, they're a, they're a band that kind of crosses a few genres, Southern rock, hardcore, um, they're not a band that I listen to all the time, but they're a band that, you know, if, if I'm in the mood for like some amped up heavy music, that's something I'll listen to. Um, now this, uh, this music video popped up on my Vimeo as uh, it was one of the staff picks, which it's not like an award, but it's just like the Vimeo staff being like, Hey, that's a cool thing you did. I, we want to highlight it to our, um, you know, to our, our users. So <laughs> I clicked on it and I watched it and it was, did you, did you end up watching it? I sent you the link. No, you said Buffalo and I immediately didn't want to watch it. That's fair enough. <laughs> um, it takes a very real and very depressing look at, uh, you know, everyday life in Buffalo. Now I, I've been to Buffalo before, like while living in Toronto, like it's just, it's just down the QEW and you take a short trip over. Um, the thing that I really like is when you cross over into Buffalo and uh, border patrol are like, Oh, what are you here for? Uh, we just thought we'd check out Buffalo, maybe, you know, grab some lunch. And they're like, okay, <laughs> like, that seems a bit weird. But yeah, sure. Okay, go go on right ahead. And then when you come back the other way, uh, the Canadian border is like, hey, welcome home, guys. <laughs> <laughs> Good, you got out. You got out of Buffalo. Yeah. Keep moving. We're yeah. not going to even stop you. Just go, go to Toronto. Just go, go. Um, but yeah, I couldn't find anything. I just, we were driving around and... I, we found um, what was at the time first Niagara Center. So I took a few photos. There's a really cool, um, there's this really awesome like thing outside, like all these plaques of, you know, their players through the years. And so I found like Dominic Hoshik's one and I took a photo with it and that was really cool. And they've got like um, a statue of the French connection. Uh, that was really cool. Outside of that, I didn't know what the fuck there was in Buffalo, at least in downtown Buffalo. But this music video takes a depressing look at like everyday life, and, like out in the suburbs. It's cold. It's snowing. Everyone is getting fucked up on alcohol and um, things that you probably shouldn't get fucked up on. <laughs> um, but it, I, you should check it out, guys. It's um, it's called Map Change. The band is Every Time I Die. Um, it's just it's a beautifully shot music video, but it's, it is very depressing. And, um, it makes you wonder to circle it back to hockey here. 
How the fuck Jack Eichel stays with the Buffalo Sabres? 10 million sheets. $10 million is how he's going to stay in Buffalo. <laughs> that's, that's probably it. He's going to hold them to ransom. Be like, if you want me to stay in this depressing town, you got to pay up. Otherwise, um, I'm going elsewhere. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll go the road to the QEW and join the party there with Toronto and the Maple Leafs. <laughs> I'm kidding. That would never happen. <laughs> um, but yeah, that's Buffalo. That's depressing. Um, don't go there. <laughs> and if we have any Buffalo listeners, hi. I'm sorry. But I'm also not. Your town is the um, Palmerston North. Oh! Of America. My girlfriend comes from Palmerston North. <laughs> and she got out. She got out. Good for her. She got, she got out. She met me. Now her life is a lot better. Um... <laughs> uh, one quick thing to wrap this, up, wrap this up. We did mention earlier during my little uh, 6-0-esque rant. Although I think he goes a bit more full on than that. Uh, if you don't know who I'm talking about, search Tim and Sid on YouTube. You'll see some great shit. He freaking owned um, uh, the Texas Rangers a couple of times. <laughs> the NZHL starts this week. Starts on Friday, actually. It's only two days away, man. I know. Hopefully it's all set to go. <laughs> hopefully it's all set to go well i mean we know the teams will show up we know the ice will be there and we know that the fans should be showing up well queenstown i'm pretty sure will be a sellout yeah they'll be pumping on friday night yeah against the old red devils yeah so the the sta- the sky city stampede opening the season against the canary red devils um bit of a rematch from the finals from last year uh so that's on friday and saturday game start at 7 p.m uh Good luck getting tickets is all I can say. Maybe show up a bit earlier, see if you can get door sales. If not, um, <laughs> I don't know. Watch the live stream. Uh, and then on Saturday and Sunday at 4.40 p.m. at Paradise Avondale, the Admirals open up uh, their season against the Botany Swarm. They're all cross-town rivals. So a bit of a derby weekend, per se. The continuation of the 19-game series that the Admirals and Swarm have got to start the season. <laughs> They were good games. Um, I'm really excited to see what the animals do. And we, we'll be at the game. Well, both of us will be... At Saturday's game. At Saturday's game, doing a few little uh, interviewee things. Yeah, so... Um, yeah, Tim Tim Ratcliffe is great. Like, he... Uh, I was just like, hey, um, can I talk to this player? Yeah, sure. Like, what time? What do you, you know? What do you need? It's really... Um, that's what I really like about the animals. They're quite accommodating. And... Um, so we'll have a, sh- a few uh, short interviews uh, next week with uh, Justin Daigle, um, Nick Henderson, fan of the podcast, great guy, and uh, Rick Perry, um, who's one of the best goalies that New Zealand has ever produced. He is a very, very good goalie. Mm-hmm. As we saw um, at the Worlds. At the Worlds, playing for the Ice Blacks. And um, yeah, so if you can't get to the games, watch the live streams. Uh, but definitely go to the games if you're in town. Uh, there'll be a lot of fun. I know the Admirals put a lot, um, a lot of work now into the game atmosphere. Um, and yeah, it's cheap. Be be a good. Well, in Auckland, it's a good afternoon out with the family. In Queenstown, it's a good night out with your buds. Getting steamed, oh, yeah. smashing some beers, watching <laughs> some hockey. And the beers aren't even that expensive too. That's the one thing I love about the Queenstown um, Ice Arena is that you don't get ripped off. And the food was really good there too. 
So um, go there, support them. They've even got cool little merch, the the um, Queenstown Ice Arena. So buy something, you know, support support your local, um, support your local hockey club, support your local hockey rink. And, uh, you know, because like I said, we're all about growing the game. Um, anyway, so we normally, um, I was thinking before, as we wrap this up uh, for the week, we, uh, we record these usually before we start work. Um, and so they're quite early and we're starting these at like, you know, quarter past eight, Joe gets here at like eight o'clock and <laughs> I'm wondering if we should call this show puck and eggs because it's like breakfast hockey. Imagine that. I think that's, that's not a bad idea. Maybe we could do a, um, get some kind of sponsor involved mm. to Uber eats us some breakfast as we do this podcast. Oh my God. Just chucking it out there. That sounds good. Although I'm really hungry now. Um, yeah. Um, <laughs> see i'm so hungry I, i'm i'm um, mind blank i'm mind blank sorry guys anyway um we are puck here podcast follow us on uh facebook instagram and twitter at puck here podcast um subscribe on itunes and soundcloud if you already do thank you uh and keep spreading the word you know send the links out to your friends and um yeah, we will be back next week predicting... Um, oh, actually, just very quickly, who do you think will be... Because we mentioned that at the start of the show, so we probably should actually do it. Do predictions for the NZHL? Yes. Uh, I reckon it'll be a Stampede Admirals finals. Mm. The you Admirals know team looks pretty good. You know what? I'm not even going to fight you on that. Because that's exactly... Well, we were meant to have conflict. I know. <laughs> but we're just a couple of guys. We love hockey. We're good mates. Um, not this week. <laughs> no conflict this week. Um, yeah, I, I feel the same way. Uh, the Admirals are looking... They, they look good. Um, obviously, the Red Devils have looked good too. So we could see a repeat of Stampede and Red Devils. But um, yeah... I think both Joe and I here, we're rooting for a Stampede Admirals final. It would be nice to see um, a finals of something in Auckland. Because yeah. aside from the New Zealand Breakers, what do we have? We, <laughs> The Blues and the Warriors don't do us any favours. So, um, yeah, it's up to you, West Auckland Admirals. Give uh, Auckland sports fans something to cheer about. <laughs> um, and if you are a sad, depressed um, New Zealand Warriors fan, I'm sorry. But there is help. And it's called the NCHL. As we said, it starts this week. Go to a game, and I think you might find that you like it. I reckon we could get some massive converts. Oh, hell yeah. I've actually got an idea for a video I really want to do, but we'll save that for another day. Anyway, we are Parkier Podcast. Uh, keep tuning in every week, and um, yeah, hit us up on social media. Um, any hate. By the way, we actually did you get a lot of hate for your um, OV for Kobe? Uh, I get a lot of hate anyway, um, <laughs> so it was hard to. That's true. You got a hard to face. kind of um, filter through, which was for that. But um, a few people um, thought it was actually not a bad idea. Hmm, interesting. Yeah, I don't get a lot of hate. They either. weren't Caps fans though. <laughs> They're smart hockey fans. <laughs> anyway, this is the third time I'm trying to wrap up the show. This is Pakia Podcast. We'll see you next week. See ya. Puck Year, it's New Zealand's hockey podcast. Subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or with your favourite podcatcher. Follow the guys on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Puck Year Podcast. You bought the shadow.